It was winter. Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of the dedication celebration. He was at the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Hall. The Jewish leaders surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I have already told you, and you don't believe me, Jesus replied. The proof is in the miracles I do in the name of my Father. But you don't believe me because you are not part of my flock. My sheep recognize my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Let us pray. Father, first of all, thank you so much um, for our freedom uh, that was fought and paid for by men in our past for this country. And um, Father, the ones that fight today, the men and women that fight today for this country, Father, I praise you so much for the courage that you've given them. Um, I'm always admired by that courage. You tell us yourself that there's no greater love than laying down one's life for a friend. Um, Father, thank you for those men and women. Again, we wouldn't be standing here today without them. Father, I ask that you touch their hearts, that they know that there's an entire church here today that is praising them. I don't feel that they get enough credit. Um, I feel our country has uh, faded from that. They don't respect our men and women that fight for us. Father, I just I need you to place it on their hearts. I need you to also let them know to not be a man pleaser, but to be a God pleaser. And Father, what they're doing is about you. Father, I just uh, I ask that you continue to grow our country. Uh, Father, bring us closer together. Unite us, Father. You talk so many times in this book about unity of churches. Father, I, I feel our country needs to unite in a powerful way. I just ask that you bring us together. And however this church needs to be a part of that, Father, you give me that direction and we'll follow. You have my word. Father, today you've given me a word, you've given me a sermon that I know is all of you. It's all your breath, it's all your words. Father, I just ask that uh, if there's anything else that needs to be added, that you give it to me in this sermon. Again, Father, I'll be obedient to you. And in this moment, Father, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take all of my doubt, um, lack of confidence, um, pride, anger, Father, I ask that you take that away from me and you replace it with your confidence, your boldness, and most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Whoops. Okay. Bojo, did you use any of these tissues last, last week? By the way, man, my boy Bojo. Okay, first of all, I'm just going to let y'all know, since he only preached for 21 minutes, forgive me, I said 20 minutes today. He said, Mike, it was 21. For 21 minutes, that, that's pretty short, so I'm going to make up for it today. Okay, just to let y'all know. But all kidding aside, y'all give that man a round of applause. That was a great sermon last week. (Applause) 
And as usual, he keeps his head down, tries to be all humble, won't even look at me kind of thing. That's fine. When inside, he's ready to shout. Don't let him lie to y'all. Great job, Bo. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, brother. In the last 10 years uh, on my walk, um, God has spoken to me countless times. I, I can't tell you. I have no idea how many times God has spoke to me. Uh, in my life, I can't tell you how many times he spoke to me. And in my earlier years before my walk, I know he spoke to me now, but I didn't, I didn't recognize it, right? I have a lot of people that will come up to me and they'll say, Micah, you know, you talk about how, you know, you heard God speak and God said this to you and God said that to you. Micah, I don't hear him. How do you hear him? How are you recognizing his voice? Well, in the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to discuss that. The thing is, is you have to understand that there are two things that you must know and understand in order to hear God's voice. This week, we're going to learn the ways God will speak to us, okay? Biblically, how God will speak to us, okay? This is not opinions. This is biblically. We've got scripture to back it up. And then next week, we're going to learn how to hear and recognize that voice, okay? But first, you've got to understand how does he speak to you. Then we'll understand how to recognize it. Y'all follow that? So you got to come back next week or you're only going to get half the story. And you're going to be all messed up. You ain't going to know what to do. You know what I'm saying? I did that on purpose, okay? Before I can start, we need to answer two questions that are still asked outside of the church and unfortunately even inside some churches today. The first question, does God still speak to us? Okay. This Bible, from the beginning in Genesis to the very end in Revelation, God spoke to Adam and Eve all the way to John in Revelation. And he spoke to every, every person that's in the people that are in that Bible, every book, every book that's written in that Bible, God spoke to somebody. Every one of them. Why would he quit speaking now? That, that's my question. If he would speak in every single book from beginning to end in that Bible, why all of a sudden does he stop? But the question still arises today from not just people, again, outside of the church. I mean, we're talking about people inside of the church of, does he still speak to you? The problem is a lot of the world has quit listening. We've even got some churches that have quit listening. It's a shame to say God doesn't have a speaking problem, we have a hearing problem. In spite of what our world thinks today, God still speaks because God has not changed. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he could talk to people then, why wouldn't he talk to people now? So we, we got that part. Second question, okay, second question. I think we all agree God still speaks today, correct? We'll get into more detail of this, but I, I think everybody in this room can agree to that, right? A lot of solid Christians in here, right? CWs, Christian warriors, yeah, head nods. I love it. Okay, so second question, why does God even want to speak to us? Don't steal the sermon. Just hang on. <laughs> Do y'all want to come up here and preach this? Seriously. 
He wants to form a personal relationship with us. He wants to be your friend. Your friend. Not just almighty, great, and powerful God. He wants to be your friend. Let's go look at James 2.23 and Exodus 33.11. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a one more time a friend friend of God the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend friend. okay I want to go look at John 15 15 this is Jesus speaking I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. God wants to be your friend. He desires your friendship, but I need you to catch this. He doesn't want a pen pal relationship. He wants a personal relationship. Now, some young people are sitting in here saying, what in the world is a pen pal? (laughs) Going to explain that. Okay, so a pen pal is back in the day before you had cell phones, And I'm barely old enough to remember that. (laughs) If you went to camp and you met somebody there that became a friend of yours, you bunked with them or whatever, you became pen pals. You would write letters back and forth to each other. For you young people, letters, it's a sheet of paper. You get a pen, you write on it, (laughs) put it in an envelope, stick a stamp on it, and you mail it. You go to the post office. The post office is that building. It's got an eagle on it. Just letting you all know that's what that is. Okay, so you would go there, you would do that. Now you have email and text and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so a pen pal, it would be written down, right? They'd send letters back and forth to each other. You see, a lot of church people or religious people today believe that God only has a pen pal relationship with us. In fact, they believe it to be a one-sided pen pal relationship. See, God wrote the Bible, wrote all those books, and these people literally believe that he wrote all those books and he walked up to us as his friend, And he handed us this Bible without saying a word, and he turned around and he walked off. That's that's what they believe, okay? That's a one-sided pen pal relationship, right? Let's say, okay, let's say, let's say, um, let's say you get sick and you got to go to the hospital, Okay? I'm going to use you because I don't want to be sick and go to the hospital. So I'm going to say, let's say you get sick, and unfortunately, God forbid, you have to go to the hospital. Let's say I walked in the door to the hospital, and, and, and I walked up to the receptionist there at the desk. Didn't even go back to your room, just walked up to the receptionist. And let's just say I was intelligent enough with my Cass County education to write a lot of books. Just say I wrote 10 or 12 of them. And I walked up to the receptionist and I handed her 12 books and I said, will you please take this back to my friend? And I turned around and I walked out the door. Okay, that's friend number one. Or let's say I go to the hospital, I go to your room, I pray over you, I love on you, I pray with your family. I leave, I send you texts throughout the day. After work, I go by there again to pray with you again and visit with you. Which friend would you want? 
would you want friend number one, which was a pen pal, one-sided friendship, or would you want a personal friendship with somebody that's going to love and care for you? I mean, I'm, it's not a trick question. Thank you. So the first question, does God still speak to us today? Yes, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And number two, that second question, why does God speak to us? Because he desires that personal friendship with us. God is the number two friend. The great thing is, is he's done it all. He has written a book and given it to you. And it's the greatest book that'll ever be written. And I need you to understand, I'm not downplaying this Bible. Y'all need to be in it every single day. But what you need to understand is that's not the only relationship you have with God. You have a strong, personal relationship with him. And it goes far beyond words on the page. Amen? So now that we've answered those two questions, uh, I want to move on to how God does speak to us biblically. The Holy Spirit has shown me seven biblical ways that God speaks to us. Seven. I will get through them quickly. I said seven, and I felt some of you like almost die because you're like, I'm going to be here all day. Number one, the number one way how God speaks to us is through the Bible. Pretty simple, right? Okay. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Most of y'all know this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay, all Scripture is God-breathed. When you open the Bible and you read the Bible, that is God's Word. He's speaking to you. That's the easiest way to hear God speak. And if you speak out loud, it's even easier. Some people think I'm funny when I say that. I love to read it out loud. I want to hear it. I want to hear His words. I don't want to just see them on the page. I want to hear them. Start reading it out loud if you don't. Watch, watch what happens. I, I think it'll blow your mind. It, it's ever since I started doing that, it's changed everything. Um, obviously, the Bible is God's written word. Uh, so it's very simple. That's how the easiest way, obviously, the simplest way to hear him. But we overthink this. We really overthink this. How many times when you open your Bible... Does a scripture jump out at you? Jump out the page. Hit you in the face. Me and Bojo were talking about this this morning. There's a scripture that he read, and forgive me, Bo, I don't remember which one. It was in John. But uh, he, he read it a hundred times. Another day he read it and it slapped him in the face. Well, it's because the Holy Spirit literally jumped out of the page and slapped that scripture right in his face. That is God speaking to you. But we overthink it. We think, oh, it's a coincidence that what I'm dealing with today just happens to be here in Scripture that I'm reading this morning. No, that's not a coincidence. There is no such thing as a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. There is God's will, and God's will only. When you read the Bible and it jumps out at you, God is speaking to you. Do not overthink that. Don taught me something a long time ago. Before you open your Bible to study, pray over it. Don't just start reading your Bible. I mean, literally, before you open it, like I sit there in the morning, and I've got my Bible there, and I'm on my knees, and I'm, I'm praying. God, what, whatever you give me today in this word, help me to use it to build your kingdom. Father, I ask that while I'm reading this, that you give me scripture that I need to lift others up. That kind of prayer, that's what you're looking for. Every time before you open the Bible, if you're not doing that now, 
Try it. You'll be surprised. I'm telling you. So I've gave you two things. Speak out loud and, and pray before you read your Bible. Do those two things. You'll see a major change in your study when it comes to the Bible. I promise. When I was seeking confirmation on the church, um, I was really struggling. I was, I was just, God, I need more confirmation. Uh, I have no doubt that God called me to pastor and plant a church, but I always questioned the timing. That was always something I questioned. Um, but during that process, I was even doubting myself. You know, Father, you, you had to have picked out somebody better than this. And I prayed over my Bible, like Don said. I'll never forget this. This was one night I didn't get much sleep because it was on my head the whole time. And the next morning I woke up, I prayed over my Bible. And this very seldom happens, but I literally just opened my Bible. And it opened up to Habakkuk. And chapter 2, verse 2 tells you, write down the vision on a tablet. In other words, what God was telling me is, is I've told you to go plant this church. Write it in stone because you can't erase that and get after it. He'll do that, guys. It's one way he'll speak to you. Number two is through prayer. Through prayer. Jeremiah 3, 33 and James 4, 10. Call to me and I will answer you. And will tell you great and hidden things that you have to know. And then James 4.10, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Prayer is not a one-way conversation, warriors. It's not. God is always on the other line. He's always ready to speak to you. You're not going to get that. And, and you're going to understand. You're not going to get that operator that can't, you know, that's hard to understand. Okay. I had a lady yesterday. We were at a gas station. And, and I was checking out at the gas station. I was getting my rainbow unicorn, and, and the lady was there, and she was on the phone while she was checking me out, and I could hear her hollering at this lady. She said, put somebody on here I can understand. You won't have that problem with God, guys. He's on the other line, and he's ready to listen, and he's ready to speak back to you. Sometimes when seeking answers through prayer, the Holy Spirit will remind you of Scripture you read or a past situation that can apply to your present situation and help you make a good, sound decision. One time I got mad at Amanda, and this is one time. I don't get mad at her. This is one time. One time I got mad at Amanda, and, and, and I lashed back out at her. She made me a little upset one time. And... Through that process, uh, uh, it, it wasn't a good outcome. So, so now, when, when, when she makes me mad, the Holy Spirit comes over here, and he says, you remember that outcome last time, and, and I don't do it again, okay? He reminds me of a situation that I went through. Do any other men in here relate to this, or is it just me? I got two brave men, three, that have raised their hands. God bless y'all. Y'all will receive more prayers from me today. The rest of y'all are liars, okay? <laughs> Lying in the church is what you're doing. Number three, through dreams and visions. This is my favorite. Oh, this is my favorite. Oh, I love this one. Let's go to Joel 2, uh, 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. A lot of y'all heard the testimony of how this church started, but 
when God gave me the vision, because I'm the young man, of the church, gave me the vision of the church, literal vision, okay, Don comes into my office, the old man, and he sits down in front of me, and I'm telling him all this, and this big grin gets on his face. I had a dream the other night. When Don tells you I had a dream, it's serious business, okay? You, you start to listen. And his dream and my vision matched. I do want to point one more thing out. What Joel is talking about right here, and it shall come to pass afterward. He's not talking about the present time that this book was written. He's talking about afterward. He's talking about getting closer to the end times. And I know I don't preach on that a lot. But at the end times, young men will see visions. And old men <laughs> will have dreams. This church, I truly believe, was put together for a reason. And it was to prepare people not only that are in this room, but thousands that keep up with us online and the rest of our community because y'all get to go out and spread it to them. This church was put here for a reason and that is to prepare. Now it's to prepare for something great. Me and Bo talked just a little bit about this this morning. You know, the book of Revelation will scare the mess out of you. I'm a pastor and it scares me every time I read it. But here's the thing. It's not a fear of, it's not a fear for me. It's not a fear for my family. It's a fear for others. And it's our job to go out and prepare people that that, that day is going to come. Now, we don't know the time. We don't know the day. Nobody knows except for the Father, not even Jesus, the Son of God, even knows that. That's biblical. But I will say this. I'm going to prepare because that's what he told me to do. We need to be prepared. And that's why this church was put together. Number four. Through other people. This one's tough. Amen. <laughs> she said, Amen. This one's tough. It's really tough. God may use a friend, a family member, a pastor, a mentor, or even a total stranger to speak to you. Their words may be a blessing, an encouragement, a warning, or a prophetic truth on your life. Throughout the Bible, God speaks through many prophets, teachers, leaders, and get this, even through common everyday people in the Bible. Wasn't just the disciples, wasn't just the prophets, wasn't just Jesus Christ. Spoke through everyday common people. Why wouldn't he do that today? This, I was telling you, I went on vacation this past week, and let's see, this was Friday night. So, so Annabelle went to this art school all week last week in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, it wasn't over on Friday until like 4 o'clock. So we went and got her. And uh, from Savannah to Texarkana is about 13 and a half, 14-hour drive without stopping. Okay. So we pick her up at 4. Uh, we did a few things. Didn't leave Savannah till 5. So we're going to drive to Atlanta, Georgia, spend the night, get up the next day, you know, drive on, drive on through. Well... My, my, my daughter loves this show. Uh, it's called Stranger Things. Um, it's actually a pretty cool show. It's like my pastor uh, guilty pleasure kind of thing. But this show, a lot of the things that happen in this show 
are filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, in the area of Atlanta, Georgia. So, so on the way down there, uh, Annabelle wants to go see the high school that's in the show. So we went by there, saw the high school. We looked in every window. We actually broke in and went in. That we didn't break in. The door was actually open. I promise. The door was open. So we go in. We're checking things out. It's really creepy, but it's really cool. You know, so we're going through all that. We're taking pictures. We, we get in the car. By this time, it's probably nine-ish. For those of y'all that know me, at nine o'clock, I'm done. Okay? Finished. And, and they get in the car, and, and, and they say, hey, let's go check out the... Uh, the, 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 it's, called, it's the insane asylum in the show, but that's not, it's like a doctor's office, big, big building. So let's go check that out. Let's go check that out. I was like, well, can't we do that tomorrow? No, no, we're going to go tonight. We're going to go tonight. So we go over there. So by the time we get through there, looking through windows and taking pictures, and it's 1030, and we're looking for a hotel. And nobody's got a room. And I'm going from hotel to hotel to hotel, and I'm getting tireder and crankier and angrier with every no that I get from the hotels, right? So we finally get to this one hotel, and we walk in, and they say, yes, we, we have a room that will accompany y'all. So, so we, we get it, we go up to this room, and by this time, by the way, I didn't care what it cost. I mean, I really didn't care. I didn't care where we went or what it cost. I just needed a place to sleep, right? And I can't sleep in the car, because I got four women, that wasn't gonna work. So, so, so we get in this room, and, and we walk in. Now there's five of us, they got one king bed. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'll sleep on the floor. Like, it's fine. I'll sleep on the floor. And, and, but then I start to hear grumbling from, from the other ladies because they didn't want to all sleep in the king bed. So being the great father, husband that I am, went back downstairs, and, and we said, this room will not work for us. We, we need another room. You know, can you get us something a little bigger? He says, you know what? Yeah, we'll give you this. It's a suite. We're going to give you a suite. Again, I didn't care what it cost at this point. They could give me the presidential. I didn't care, okay? Didn't matter. I didn't care. I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. So, so we get up to this room, and we walk in. It's supposed to have a king bed and a sofa bed, okay? So we go in, and yeah, they're a king bed. Y'all, this sofa bed w was, was like that big. Like, wasn't nobody but me going to sleep on this sofa bed, and, and you know how the sofa bed, they're not comfortable, right? Like, how many people in here, right, show of hands, sleep on those things? Yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah, I've slept on a lot of them. This was the worst, okay, the worst. But we get in there, and I pull it back, I pull it back, and, and I look down, and there's no sheets. There's no pillows. So I'm like, well, it's got to be in the closet. So I go, it's not in the closet. I'm like, is it under the bed? Is it in the bathtub? Like, where is it? You know, I can't find it anywhere. So I, by this time, like, I'm mad, right? Like, I don't had enough. And, and I'm kind of stomping. And Amanda said, well, I can just call down there. I'm going to go down there. So I go down there. And I'm going down the elevator. And, and I didn't act really nice when I started going down the elevator. I was kind of mean to, to my family because I done had enough, right? And on the way down the elevator, I'm beating myself up pretty bad. I'm honestly thinking, how can you act like this? You just preached two weeks ago about being a great influence as a father. And for your daughters to want to wanna marry a man the way that you act... And here I am acting like a fool, and I get down the elevator, and I go out, and I tell them, I said, I need some blankets and pillows for this pull-out bed. And they said, well, your wife's already called down. We're going to send somebody up. <laughs> so I turn around, and my head's down, and I'm walking off. 
And this is God speaking through somebody. Now, I'm beating myself up pretty bad. I mean, I really am. Y'all may not, I know I'm sitting up here kidding, but honestly, it hurt because I'm really thinking about, I didn't act right. And my daughters, all three of them just watched that. So I'm walking back to the elevator, and there's an older gentleman sitting in the lobby by the fireplace. And he said, sir, and I turn around, I said, yes, sir, are you a pastor? And I looked at him, and I said, why do you think that? <laughs> and he said, this is, I'm not lying when I say this, it's your demeanor and the way you carry yourself. And I looked at him, and I said, three minutes ago, you wouldn't have said that if you'd have seen me upstairs with my family. And he kind of laughed, and we kind of joked. And he actually looked at me as I was walking off, and he said, son, I need you to understand something. He said, pastors aren't perfect. He said, uh, he said quit being so hard on yourself. And I get on the elevator, and I go up. I'm crying like I am right now, because I knew in that moment that was God speaking through somebody. I was beating myself up. And I know that may not sound like a lot to you guys, but I take being a father very serious. I take being a good husband very serious. And the rest of us need to do the same. Amen? Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Number five. Through anything else he pleases. Anything he pleases. Excuse me. Through anything he pleases. Okay, so Exodus 3, 4 and Numbers 22, 28. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, the burning bush. Most of us know that story, right? So God speaks through a bush. But look at Numbers 22, 28. A lot of you may know this, but some of you may not. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to him, yes, this is a donkey speaking. God is speaking through a donkey. What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? God will speak to you through whatever he wants to. I don't care if it's a donkey, if it's a burning bush. If this pulpit gets up and starts walking around talking to y'all. If it's God, listen. That's the truth of it, right? Why is that so funny? Y'all are laughing about that. He can speak any way he pleases. A, a lady was on her way to work one morning uh, in New York City. Uh, when she got in her car... There was a commercial that came. She left early, by the way. She left about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes early. And she, she got in her car and she started to drive to work. And a commercial came on about coffee. Let's say it was a Folgers commercial, okay? She hears the commercial. She never really drank coffee, but all of a sudden she felt like she wanted a cup of coffee. So on her way to work, she passes a coffee shop. She pulls in, she goes in, she waits in line. Doesn't really know what to order. She just gets a funky coffee. She gets it. She gets in her car. And she drives off. She heads to work. Right before she pulls up to park the car to where she works, an airplane hit the Twin Towers. She worked in that building. God spoke to that woman through a coffee commercial. Now, some of y'all think, that's crazy. That's coincidence. Remember what I said. There's no such thing. It's God's will. And are you willing to listen when the Holy Spirit nudges you with something as stupid as a donkey, a burning bush, or a coffee commercial? Don't take that lightly. 
If something is speaking to you in some weird way, but you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you, go with it. Doesn't matter how dumb. Number six, God will speak to you through peace. Through his peace. I need to say that. Through his peace. Real peace only comes from God. Only. Look at Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding. All understanding. In other words, we do not understand God's peace. That's why I said his peace earlier. Not worldly peace. We all understand worldly peace. Worldly peace is money. You know, that's, that's worldly peace. Money and, and, and things, idols, you know. New cars, vacations, those types of things. That's worldly peace. But the peace that God gives you is beyond understanding. There have been times I've had to make decisions and, and God would have me going in a direction that I would never go, that I would never see myself going. But for some reason, over here, I had nothing but peace because it was beyond my understanding I didn't understand how can I have peace in this situation. That's when I knew, that's God, I'm going that direction. When you don't understand the peace that he gives you, you grab it and you run with it. By following his peace, you're hearing God. The last one, number seven. How God speaks to us through his own voice. God can speak to you audibly. God not only spoke to Moses face to face, but in Exodus chapter 20, because I have a lot of people that say, well, he only spoke to like Abraham, he only spoke to like Moses, you know, he didn't speak to all these other people. But in Exodus 20, he spoke to the entire tribe of Israel on Mount Sinai. The entire tribe. Do you know there were two million people in that tribe? Two million minimum, minimum two million people in that tribe. He spoke to all of them audibly. It can happen. It can happen. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all. I don't know that I've heard him speak to me audibly. I know I've heard a still, small voice, which is spoken about in the Bible many times. I've heard that. I say that is God speaking to me audibly, but I haven't had him just, you know, Morgan Friedman-like speaking at me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what I need y'all to get is this. Regardless if he speaks to you audibly or not, these are seven ways he can speak to you. Does it matter if it's audible? Does that really matter? We are supposed to have faith as Christians. Faith is believing things that are not seen. Just because you may not hear him audibly, I promise you, as a child of God, you've heard him in one of these other ways. I promise. A lot of people get down because of that. Well, I've never heard him audibly. Well, that's okay. I'm sure there's a lot of great people in this Bible that never did either. In fact, the mother of God, or excuse me, the mother of Jesus, God, Jesus, you, you know what I'm saying, Trinity. So Mary wasn't God that came and spoke to her. It was an angel. God didn't come down and said, you're going to have my son. It was an angel. So I need you to think about that. If, if the mother of 
the God of flesh, Jesus Christ, didn't hear God audibly. Don't feel bad that we don't. But she took it and ran with it when that angel came down. You can take it and run with it with any of these seven ways, guys. Any of them. One thing I want to add to this. Um, in your prayers, pray to him and, and ask him. Say, God, I'd love to hear you audibly. Ask him for it. Ask him for it. Doesn't hurt to ask, guys. So, all right, let's review. I want you, okay, screenshot this, write this down. Now, these are the seven things that, for, through my studies, biblically, how God speaks to you. Now, there are, uh, there's probably some other things that y'all might be thinking of, but I promise you they'll fit in one of these categories. That's what I was telling Bojo today. He was like, huh, it's funny, it's seven, right? Completion, perfect number, all that kind of great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought I found an eighth one, but then I was like, no, that fits in with this one. Like, you can't go there. So this is, from my studies, biblically, the seven ways that God will speak to you. Now, you, you, you got this. So to, God speaking to you, again, uh, in order to hear him, you have to understand two things. This is one of them, how he will speak to you. And then next week, we will speak on how to hear and recognize his voice. That is so important. You guys have got to grasp that part of it. Grab a pen and paper, write this down. Go ahead, Nick. God is always speaking, but you need the ears of the Holy Spirit to hear him. All these things we talked about, all the ways that God will speak to you, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you will not hear him. You will not hear him.